0: Welcome to Fanboy News Network, your guide to geek culture. I'm Jeff Harris. And I'm Daniel Christensen. So, uh, I don't know if it's how well our normal audience can tell the difference, but uh, there have been some upgrades to the studio since last we've recorded.
1: Well, I, I can hear a difference sitting here, so I'm sure that they can, and, and you know, I'm, I'm not really an audiophone. By any stretch of the imagination, but you can hear a difference.
0: Yeah. So uh, I finally had a chance. Uh, Ian Crowfeather from the Video Nasty Project. uh, Hi, Ian. Hi. Came over and helped me set up the rest of the soundproofing and the other details uh, for the studio. So we are now, this is it. This is the permanent studio. Uh, It's up, it's functional. Uh, This is pretty much what it's going to sound like. Any changes in the future? Uh, would probably be a result of maybe upgrading equipment. But right now, here we are. We 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 are now f- up fully functional, and things are about where I want them. Here we are now. Let's entertain them. Yes. Okay. So, um, story-wise this week, I, since we last recorded, there was the entire... Um, Hearthstone, Blizzard, Fallout, yeah, well, that got very political. Indeed. Um, it's covered so much, I don't necessarily feel the need to rehash it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but suffice to say, it got into that really dicey territory of companies uh, who are dependent on international uh, dollars mm-hmm. and the relationships with, with those governments and especially when those governments have a different uh, point of view as far as free speech. Yes.
1: Well, one thing I do think that is worth mentioning mm-hmm. is the folks that the, the the later stories that are now coming out, as far as people who had canceled their accounts uh, at the time during mm-hmm. during the the main dust up of of the protest, but are now now that BlizzCon has happened and. Uh, there, there's new updates for for favorite games and new games that are coming out. People who are wanting to reaccess their deleted accounts and finding out that that's not
0: how things happen. Yeah, it's it's a it's a weird. It, it's I think it's that to me it's the same thing as I don't like what this other brand did, so I'm going to destroy this piece of property I paid for. <laughs> to show pros i mean obviously you've the, already paid for it <laughs> you know this is this is my my infamous story when i worked at wizards of the coast yes of the woman that wanted to burn her son's magic cards and i told her to shred them because the smoke would be toxic and her confusion of why was i not upset and it's like cuz we have your money yeah uh same thing you know if you're burning a a, a pair of nike's that were already paid for. I mean, if you're burning one that you didn't pay for, then you've got the issue of theft, of theft and then destruction of property. Uh, whereas if you paid for them, then all you have is, you know, destroying something you already own that is well within your rights, but they still have your money. Yeah. Well, uh, but this is a little different.
1: Well, the thing that gets to it for me is... Uh, It reminds me several years ago when uh, the movie version of Orson Scott Card's Ender's Game came out. And Orson Scott Card, being the homophobic jerk that he is, people were upset and they were going to boycott Ender's Game. And that's fine and that's great and that's wonderful and you're free to do so. But then they started talking about how they were going to buy a movie ticket for another movie and then sneak in to watch it. And I'm like... That you keep using this word. It does not mean what I think it what, what you think it does. because I mean, if you're going to boycott something, boycott it. That rock with your bad self. do it. stand up for something you believe in. I, I'm hundred percent fine with that. But then don't turn around and be 12 and sneak into movies that you don't pay for. that That's not you're, you're trying to have your cake and eat it too. Yeah. So you know you you can't delete your account to teach Blizzard a lesson and then try to restart your account and get all your stuff back. And it, it, no, if you want to get if you want to restart an account, great, knock yourself out. But you don't get to have the the leftover glory that you have accumulated before you rage quit.
0: Yeah. I guess basically it's don't be a fair weather protester. Yeah. If you're going to protest something, protest it. Yeah, own it. If you're if you're going to boycott something, boycott it. Yeah. Um you know, I it, it's it's always a rough decision. I've been a big believer for years of voting with my wallet. Oh, hell, oh and, my yes. And but that means I stay away. I mean, there were you know, many times I've, you know, when I quit buying comics out of disgust for what's going on, I I quit buying those comics. Yeah. And for a lot of... I have not gone back and read those old issues. It, it And even though it's been made very easy, if you wanted to, because of things like, you know, oh, digital...
1: Between the, the online stuff, that yeah. you, the, the st- online unlimited subscriptions, or frankly, the public library
0: system. Yeah. But yeah, just if you're going to protest, protest. Yeah. Is, I think, what it comes down to. And I think there is this whole thing now of... Well, I'm going to say these these things online. Mm-hmm. Uh and you know, this is going to be my protest. You know, you know, um a tweet is not a protest.
1: Nope.
0: And a you know, uh deleting an account could be a protest as long as you leave that account deleted. Yeah. No, I... they've got to feel it, you know, and and you know, if you don't want to do it anymore because it became inconvenient for you, you're not really protesting anything. Yeah. Yeah. So. <laughs> uh so anyway so moving on uh what have you seen recently movie wise movie wise uh I finally got to see
1: John Wick 3 uh which, Parabellum Parabellum um which was probably one of the hokier parts of it uh, the, one of those things where i don't know if you do it but i always pay attention to when the catchphrase of the movie Actually, finally appears in the movie, right? And there is the one point where, uh, God, what's Ian this? McShane? Ian McShane's character says "parabellum" in regards to the Latin expression of "if you if you want peace, prepare for war," yeah, which is parabellum. But it's it's that th- that gap between when the movie starts and when it's actually said. Other than that, it was a beautiful, beautifully choreographed ultra violent movie um i'm deeply amused that my wife greatly enjoys them uh because she and i both have uh are usually a little a little lighter as far as our uh, our tastes in violence go but it all boils back to but they killed his dog it's like okay yes
0: <laughs> yeah, you know, again, one of the greatest, most easily relatable, especially for, for me, a dog owner, yeah. you know, one of the most easily relatable motivations uh, on the planet. Yeah. Well, you killed my dog, so the, the, you know, I am going to unleash hell. Yes. Absolutely. Um, so I've seen a few things recently. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> so right now we're not doing the Friday Night Movie Night. Oh. Uh, and for the very simple reason of Jennifer Lovely has been in the process of moving. Yeah, well, there's that. So, you know, the uh, the home theater in which she shows us the wonderful horror films. Uh, I think they're putting it back. I, Jim told me he was getting the sound system in this weekend uh, and hoped to have the screen up again. So I think we'll be returning to that soon. Uh, but, yeah, so so just simply, we've still been getting together for dinner. But uh, there hasn't, so I haven't had a chance to see anything through that, yeah. um, not that I haven't seen movies. Ah, um, so I, I, the of the recent significant fair since we last talked, uh, I went and saw. So first off, I saw the new Adams Family, the animated movie, and that was uh, I found it a delight.
1: Oh yeah, I'm, now, I'm looking forward to seeing
0: it. Now that's also said as somebody who, thanks to my my goth background. Uh, is very well versed in the mythology of Charles Adams and his creation, The Adams Family, Uh, back from its time as a cartoon in The New Yorker, and then through the 60s TV series, and then the film series with Raul Julia and Angelica Houston. Not with Christopher Lloyd. I mean, yes, he, you know, it's interesting how, you know... The, it's, it's
1: like James Bond's. It's like, you know, well, cause, we don't talk about that
0: one. Because the series itself uh, always has very much... Uncle Fester is a significant character, but oh, he's... Oh, I'm sorry. I, I got him mixed up with the other people that have played... Uh, uh, Gomez. Gomez and Morticia. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he, yeah, Christopher Lloyd was Uncle Fester. Ah, my bad. Uh, and I, yeah, and the series really does always kind of gravitate around Gomez and Morticia... And then uh, the next usually most significant character is Wednesday. Of course. But um, the the point here is that they this movie took elements from all those previous incarnations I just mentioned. Mm-hmm. So the character designs, and this is the weird thing. A lot of people are like, oh, they made the characters ugly. And I'm like, A, I disagree. Mm-hmm. B, what they did is they went and took the original Charles Adams character designs and put those... In the film, in fact, the only deviation from the original Charles Adams design is that Wednesday's pigtails end in nooses. <laughs> uh, otherwise, they are dead on. And then the portrayal of the characters uh, is a mix. So, for example, Nick Kroll as Uncle Fester in this movie is very much doing the uh, his voice like Jackie Coogan did when he played Fester in the TV series. Whereas Oscar Isaac as Gomez is very much playing towards Raul Julia. And Charlize Theron as uh, Morticia is really striking a balance between Carolyn Jones and Angelica Houston. So they're, you know, and then Wednesday and Pugsley are in a lot of ways staking out their own territory. Uh, They're not really, because the kids were 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 fine but a little bland in the in the TV series and then uh, you of course have the the presentations uh, that you had in the feature films here I think the kids are kind of striking out their own territory the one thing I did like mm-hmm. this movie showed how the family everyone came together oh nice the movie literally starts with the marriage of Gomez and Morticia <laughs> in a brilliant sequence that I will not spoil but you will when you finally see it you will utterly enjoy uh and then shows how they you know they they got married then they moved uh to New Jersey it shows where Lurch came from nice and kind of an origin of the Adams mansion and and then kind of goes through the whole the, a very quick through the year sequence before it gets to the story proper
1: see the the two th- two things mhm one i, I will Proclaim proudly my own my, my own ignorance simply because I know it plays so well and and people enjoy laughing at me, at my expense. Um, I for a moment I had to look it up and I I had confused Nick Grohl with Dave Grohl. Well, Nick Grohl, Nick Grohl and Dave Grohl, Kroll. and so it's like one of those things where it's like, wait, what? They got
0: who? Oh well. You well, because they, they did have uh uh He did, Snoop... play, he did play Satan in uh, the Tenacious D movies. So, he know, did it's...
1: play Satan in the Tenacious D movies. And they did have Snoop Dogg as Cousin It. Not so you, you can really tell. Not that
0: you could really tell. Also, one of the things I love is uh, Allison Janney ah. is the voice of the antagonist mm-hmm. in the movie. Uh, where I'm like, yeah, you guys, I mean... Charlie's Theron, Oscar Isaac, Allison Jenny. You just, sh- you didn't, you didn't aim low. No. With no, your no, no. voice no. cast. I mean, Pugsley is is um uh Finn Wolfhard. Gesundheit. type. Uh from uh, Stranger Things. Oh, awesome. And and it. Um and uh so you know they yeah, this is a this is a significant uh amount of voice actors, and they do some great. Gags just throughout the movie, and it's but it's so purely Adams family. Awesome. If you're familiar at all with how they portrayed over the years, I just like it. Sort of showed where did they come from because I always had this thing of, you know, the level of commitment to their culture. They they came from a subculture, and to show them as immigrants, yes, was I thought a really nice touch.
1: Definitely, definitely.
0: See, the one thing I am
1: curious about is mm. because. There is the famous story that you like to tell about when you were working for Wizards of the Coast, mm-hmm. and you had the, the intern whose job it was to read The Lord of the Rings.
0: Okay, I a, I wasn't involved in that. Okay. And I'm still not, a, I'm going to, moment of pure honesty, I'm still not 100% sure that story isn't apocryphal. Okay, fair enough.
1: Well, the, and where I'm going with it is... The, the apocryphal story is there was a, an, a young intern who had never read Lord of the Rings. They gave him that as his assignment, and he came back, and he's like, what? It's so stereotypical. You've got the grumpy old wizard. You've got the, the grubby dwarf. You've got the effete elves, and you've got the, the magic little everybody that, that saves the day mm-hmm. uh, against the, the— And it's totally pastiche, and everyone was pointing out, no, this is what started it all. Look mm-hmm. at the copyright date. And I'm curious as far as someone like your goddaughter, mm-hmm. where there's things like Hotel Transylvania. Yeah. Which is obviously
0: it, it, Adam's Family Light. Well, it's heir to Adam's Family or the Munsters. Yeah. Of, of the friendly monsters. The friendly
1: monsters where you've got the vampire pastiche, you've got the, the, the Frankenstein pastiche, you've got this, that, and the other thing. And I'm just wondering if there is any sort of that same sort of, well, this is totally a knockoff when it's actually, it's the original.
0: Well, and that's, you know, I always say that was the problem that uh, I, I feel the movie John Carter bombed in part because the ad campaign in no way played up the history of the character. Yeah, And so a lot of people thought it was derivative when it's like you're calling it derivative of the things it inspired. Exactly. So uh, with Adam's Family, though, I think there's always... Adam's Family isn't something... So like for John Carter, there's a whole generation that's never experienced that. Yeah. Because its fandom was from 100 years ago originally, peaked kind of in the 60s, and then kind of went a little deep nerd while the things it inspired, <laughs> like Superman and Star Wars... Became the more meta culture. Adam's family has never gone into the deep nerd. Adam's family has always been between the you know the, the 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 TV series, which kept getting revivals and cartoons throughout the, and then you got had the the movies, mm-hmm. which again latched onto the spirit, even though they they forged their own path. And now you've got this new movie coming out at just the right time. So at no point has Adam's family ever left that collective conscience. True. So people, you know, the only issue now is people got used to a certain presentation of the characters. Right. Whereas now they're getting to see a new presentation that is pulling together all sorts of, you know, various elements. Now, given this is a little bit like if you had a Batman movie, where uh, you 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 pull in elements of Adam West and Tim Burton. Uh, which could still oh, happen. Oh, yeah, I know. Think about that. That's always was my joke about the the TV series The Tick. Yeah, it was. It was the Dark Knight saga with the Adam West Batman, um, which is not wrong. Yeah, I, so,
1: and personally, one of the, one of my favorite memories from when I was volunteering with Emerald City Comic Con was when they had Adam West uh, at uh, at at the con. And there were two guys standing in line next to each other waiting to have their picture taken with Adam West. And one was 60s-tastic Adam West, and the other one was Dark Knight Batman standing next to each other, totally ignoring each other because they did not want to acknowledge the other's existence, but wanting
0: to still see the man, the myth, the legend. Sure, sure. So yeah. Anyway, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it, and I do think it's out of theaters now. But w- once it comes around on video, I do recommend it. Oh. Uh, actually, I don't think I think it is still in theaters at this moment. I think it might still be at the Dollar Theater by yeah. my place. Yeah. But. So the other one that I know is still in theaters mm-hmm. uh, that I saw was I saw Terminator Dark Fate. Ah yes. And so this is so a this is one I think I'm gr- at a greater risk of spoilers. Then say, the Addams Family. Okay. Because the Addams Family is... You're going to be ooky and spooky.
1: And, unless you find out what's under cu- Cousin It's hair, you're really not going to yeah. spoil anything.
0: So, but with Terminator Dark Fate... Th- so, here's the here's the interesting... I heard somebody call it this, and I agree. Terminator Dark Fate is the best Terminator 3 yet. You know, they're not wrong. <laughs> so... So much like uh, the recent Halloween reboot where it ignored all the sequels um, <laughs> and just went back to the original movie, which was also very good, and also had another element that, that ties it in with, with Dark Fate. Uh, Dark Fate is a direct sequel to Terminator 2. Okay. Uh, jumps off from the plot of Terminator 2, completely ignoring any other iteration uh, of follow-up that happened. Fair enough. I like it. Okay. Yeah. And uh, also like the new Halloween, uh, s- brings back the original heroine as an, as an older woman and absolutely celebrates this woman is older, but she's been through some stuff. Yeah. And, you know. Well, it's Linda Hamilton. I mean, <laughs> come on. Well, exactly. And I think this that, you know, what did every other Terminator 3 not have? Linda Hamilton. Exactly. It's and, not
1: just Arnold. It's Arnold and Linda. Yeah.
0: And so they bring her back and they, they play up the Sarah Connor who's been through all these experiences. Yep. And he's exactly who you'd expect her to be. Yeah, Much as you had the combat Laurie Strode who, again, became that way due to bad coping mechanisms of the trauma of Michael Myers. Here, right. and here, even worse, this is the woman who's been fighting Terminators her whole adult life. Yes. And um so they do some interesting things. One of the first things, and I don't think this is a spoiler because it gets let on early on, the future of Skynet that uh Sarah absolutely stopped that. Yes. But, but... there you know, something else ha- another, you know, something else happened, so we still have a dark future. Yes. With with a different variation on Terminators. Yeah. And so the rest of the movie is dealing with, okay, well, the, the setup of that future, once again, they're playing out the same story. They're, oh, we're going to go back in time and, and mess with things to have things turn out more the way we want. Yeah. And so part of it is, again, that no fate but what we make yep. uh, aspect. But it does also bring in, I think, one of the issues, and, and right now people are calling it a box office bomb. You know... And I think that... Because here's the problem. It's opening weekend. It wasn't number one. And I think part of that was people were still enthralled with the Joker. For whatever reason. Uh, I'm hoping word of mouth. But I think also it's having... I think it's running into the same problem that a lot of... And especially the Ghostbusters reboot. (laughs) Ew, it's girls. Ew. Because the 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 warrior of the future who comes back to protect the person uh, is female. Uh, of course, you've got you know the woman she's trying to protect because yeah. that's, and then you've got Sarah. Yeah, you know until Arnold shows up, and it's it had, you know it's been in the trailers, so we know Arnold up. Until Arnold shows up, all of our all of our protagonists are these three women. Yeah, and unfortunately, because of the you know the the, the cooties. They, you know, that we're dealing with that we've been dealing with with Captain Marvel um, and with yes, all the all, all the, that stuff yeah. that have have risen up again, and you know, with this one also there is let's not you know let's not kid ourselves, the last couple of attempts at Terminator films left bad tastes in people's mouths. Uh,
1: you know, I I, I don't know the, the um, I mean I don't know I kind of
0: enjoyed it seeing Amelia Clark running around so uh yeah i just you know what she was fine but the movie around her sucked yeah well and that's you know you can say she was you know i have a lot of movies where this actor was hey you know what the movie legion (laughs) was a steaming pile of turd but kevin durant was awesome in it fair enough so you know (laughs) fair enough all right so, yeah, but so you've got that, you know, the last uh, few attempts True. have n- not been great. And then you have the, the you know, He-Man Woman Haters Club uh, piling on it. Because here's the thing, it's good. I mean, it makes physics cry several times. Well, it's science fiction. It's a Terminator movie. Yeah. You know, Convection, what's that? F- details. Yeah. You know. Um, but I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Yeah. And uh, Mackenzie Davis... Uh, I, I'm, you know, she's been a rising star for a few years. Name sounds familiar. Um, you saw the, the Martian, right? Yeah. She's the mission control person who figured out he was still alive.
1: Oh, okay.
0: Uh, and she was in the new Blade Runner.
1: Uh, Right. She was the woman named Park that everyone thought was, was, was Korean, but they played her as Anglo.
0: Yeah. 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 So, so she's been a rising star for, and this is probably her most prominent role I mean, outside of TV. Oh, okay. Her most prominent. And she does a great job. Mm. And uh, I love how they kind of play up the idea. They finally did something that f- makes sense for years of, you know, a human who's been enhanced to take on Terminators. There you go. Uh, including discussing what the ramifications of that would actually be. So it's, it's, um, it's an interesting variation on the Terminator mythology. I think it works great. And once you accept that, you know, oh, and the, the Terminator himself, mm-hmm. uh, Gabriel Luna.
1: Who I've definitely seen in other things. Yes,
0: yeah, he's, a lot of people probably know him as playing Ghost Rider on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah. Um, they both, I mean, they're both doing great work. I mean, as, as new faces in the franchise. And the one, I sadly can't remember her name, but uh, Danny is the character's name the the significant person in the past who they are fighting over.
1: Yes.
0: Um, which I also love. The story starts in Mexico City. Ah, how dare they. Um, so, you know, politics does somewhat come in. Not, not hammer over the head politics, though. But there are things you can't avoid with some of the things they do. I mean, she's, she's middle class Mexican. Mm-hmm. Uh and but the, so they're playing up a lot, uh, but it was an interesting choice of taking it out of America, pointing out that that other things could be going on, but just enough that they still had a great excuse for why Sarah gets involved. Yeah.
1: Looks like your name is Natalia Reyes.
0: Yeah. So, so these are the three new people. They do great work, yeah, great work. And um, so, I'm hoping I gotta hope that this is a movie that maybe it won't do well at the box office. But will come around to being well well received
1: well there there have been a number of examples of that i mean i'm sorry let let's look at rogue one rogue one has been was i mean panned for a star wars movie, so take that with a grain of salt mm-hmm. but i mean that that has a deep and abiding love for the people who who can appreciate it,
0: yeah you know. Enough so that they're probably getting a spinoff series on Disney Plus. There you go. So that's which brings us to television. Yeah, really, it does because yeah, that's that's it for movies. So Disney Plus is launching here very shortly. I will be getting it, of course. Um, The uh, their big selling point right at launch is they're going to have the Star Wars TV series, The Mandalorian. Yeah, that looks pretty amazing. And it does. I mean, the trailers it honestly plays. You see the trailers, it's like, is this a Star Wars movie? Nope, it's a Star Wars TV show, but it looks like it should be a Star Wars movie. Uh, also, they didn't shoot low, in my opinion, as far as the cast. I mean, Pedro Pascal from Game of Thrones. Yeah. And the upcoming Wonder Woman sequel and many, many other things is The Mandalorian. He's the lead. Yeah, I'm, I'm just happy to see him with his skull intact. So, you know. So, and then you've got Werner Herzog acting uh, acting and <laughs> well he has you know it's funny he usually if he's acting in a movie other than that uh doc that mo- uh, spinal tap-esque mockumentary about poker uh which is the grand yeah the grand which is hilarious if you can find it check it out and he did a a a movie that was he played himself sending up his documentaries <laughs> uh based around loch ness
1: oh i can just imagine that yeah
0: um you know, he's so he that, but this is A, I think it's again that you know, when you think when I think Werner Herzog, yeah. I do think Gravitas. For and, better or for worse, yeah. And so and I think that's what he brings from what I've seen. And then Ming Na Wen. You know, right. you know, Agents of Shield has closed productions, so she was available for work. And if you're, gonna, you know, if you're doing something like that, you could do worse than having the original Milan. Exactly. <laughs>
1: exactly. She is no stranger to the mouse. So, And
0: still a very skilled martial artist. Oh, really? Great actress. Very much so. No, and she's amazing. So I, I to me, I was like, yeah, I'm looking at just those three casting choices. And I'm like, okay, so the cast is fine. If the writing and everything else is up to, to that same level, we're in for quite a ride. Indeed.
1: I, I look forward to hearing more about it. Uh, um, yeah, thinking of wild rides. Okay, uh, allow me to to squeeze for just a moment. Um, I find my wife is yet to cancel our subscription to HBO, so I got a chance to start in on the new Watchmen series on HBO. Okay, and great googly mooglies! Oh my, that is. I'm to be fair, we're only two episodes in at this point, but wow a uh, wonderful uh extrapolation from the original source material uh really
0: enjoyable uh nonlinear plot And my understanding is this is a direct sequel to the comic book. It's not following yes. the plot from the movie: exactly but it's actually jumping from the because the the of because plot. That they reference as the comic book plot, not the movie plot. Yes,
1: the comic book plot, um, which has ramifications. Because, I mean, the the, the original comic ended in the alternative 1985. Right. uh, And this picks up in 2019. So you're looking at 35 years later and some of those extrapolations. But, wow. I am very impressed, very amazed. And, I mean... Y'all know me at this point. I I will watch Regina King beat the snot out of racist white supremacists all day, every day, and with and w- with popcorn. But it's so much more than that. It is wonderful show, and
0: I, I've been hearing a lot of good reviews yeah. on it. So uh, I pro- at some point here in the near future, I am probably going to reactivate my HBO account, mm. uh, and that's definitely going to be one of the reasons. Yeah, uh, let's. Yeah, if, or or I will. I'm sure it will be released on other media, and I will get a chance to watch it.
1: If all else fails, I think it's only either a six or a nine episode season. So give it six more weeks, and you could just pop on and pop off. But uh, but yeah, the the rest of the story is, and again, true to my style in on this program. Uh, I had never read the original.
0: That know um, yeah, about on brand for you. Yeah. Yeah. Well.
1: Yeah. Um, but I did go back and found a bound version of the uh, of the whole series, and just finished it last night. Oh well, there you go. And yeah, there are definite winks and nods in the current from the original. Uh, the thing that is interesting, and this is just one of those little head scratcher conspiracy theories of mine, uh-huh. the the trade paperback that I have of The Watchmen is about ten. 15 years old. Sure. And on the back cover, you know how they'll have little blurbs, uh, review blurbs uh-huh. on the back. All the review blurbs except one are from media, like Times, you know, one of the 100 best novels of the century, or from Rolling Stone, or from, from, mm-hmm. from media outlets. Sure. There is one pull quote on the back cover from a person. And that's a guy by the name of Damon Lindelof, who at the time was the co-creator of the TV show Lost. Right. Who is now the producer and director of
0: the the Watchmen series. Sure. And is utterly convinced that Alan Moore has cast a curse on him. Well, I... Which is not... Out of the realm of possibility.
1: I was going to say, and having it be an actual curse that works is not out of the possibility because Alan Moore. Yeah. But uh, yeah, no, seriously, it is an amazing show.
0: So here's a, so for me, when I first encountered Watchmen, yeah. um, was in its original single issue run. Oh, wow. So in boxes currently sitting in a storage unit, I have the original 12 issues, you know, of Watchmen.
1: And knowing you they're in good condition, so that could send Sadie to to graduate
0: obedience school. Hey. So, um so I had but he, so what you've got to remember at the time Watchmen was coming out. It came out right on the heels of of Dark Knight Returns and Crisis on Infinite Earths. Yeah. And it was in the other significant thing is it came on the heels of Alan Moore's Industry changing run on Swamp Thing. Yeah. Where he completely exploded the idea of how you write a superhero comic. Yeah. Or just comics in general to the point of when, uh, you know, DC acquired the Charleston characters and had been using them in Crisis on Infinite Earths and needed to do something. They went, well, let's, well, here's what Alan did on Swamp Thing. Let's get, and then he came to them, showed them the thing, and said, that's great, Alan. We had planned on then using these characters afterwards <laughs> can you can you do so and he said I can make them original pastiche characters based on them Oh well, let's do that yeah. so um but yeah, so you but it's coming on the heels of those, and then it 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 took what those comics had started and then it went well beyond what anyone expected oh yeah, um, so you know it is if if Dark Knight and Crisis, and to a lesser degree Secret Wars, uh, and the Swamp Thing run altered the landscape. Um, Watchmen is what codified, and we're never going back. Yep. Yeah. That th- th-
1: I, th- the way that I have always understood it, it, it is much like how uh, Johnny Cash took a Trent Reznor song. And you have Trent Reznor sitting there whining about how hard it is to be, you know, 20-something and, and, mm-hmm. and, 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 in, and in love. And then you have Johnny Cash show up, break down the door, chug a fifth of whiskey, and talk to you about a hard life. Yeah. To and, which
0: Reznor says, yeah, that's not my song anymore. Yeah,
1: no, it, it, it's Johnny's. You know, Alan Moore has such an impact on—I uh, I don't know much—
0: but I know that much. Well, and then he opened the door for writers like Neil Gaiman to come through. Yep. And in Grant Morrison and, you know, completely, you know, and, and let's look at her right now. Neil, again, I would say the most obvious successor yes. to Alan uh right now also the the biggest difference right now I'd say between Alan and Neil yeah. is Neil embraces the other media adaptations of his work
1: <laughs> well because he's able to keep keep control over it
0: yeah well yeah that's the, so the sad thing is there was a deal that DC would keep uh control of Watchmen as long as it remained in publication yeah they've just never allowed it to go out of publication I wonder why so uh whereas Neil had so the one thing Neil doesn't have direct control of
1: mm-hmm.
0: is Sandman but DC kind of went we're not going to make that mistake again yep and ceded much of the control to Neil anyway more because you know without his the his vision and guidance it's re- really hard for other people to try and tell that story
1: well not only that but i mean okay let's le- let us let me have an understatement for once
0: okay this should be good Neil Gaiman has a fan base sure (laughs) that's that that is a not inaccurate statement he has a loyal fan base also true
1: and if he decided that something that was being done with some of his work was not to his liking
0: there is no way in heaven or earth that thing would ever make money and that might be a little bit of an extrapolation, but, but you're, you're not far off the mark. Okay. I, maybe I'm exaggerating, but still. So that kind of leads into... So right now with Neil, hmm. you have him coming off the massive success of Good Omens. Uh-huh. Um, you, know, you have the adaptation going on right now of American Gods.
1: Just finished season two and wow. yes, And
0: working on a Netflix series of Sandman. Which apparently he's already gotten a season two commitment and hasn't even come out yet. Well, jo- join me in the mantra
1: for just a moment. Please don't suck, please don't suck, please don't suck, please don't suck, please don't suck. Please well, don't suck.
0: much like the other series, like you said, he, he's not hands off. Yeah. He's deeply, I mean, Good Omens, he show ran. Yeah. Good Omens, he had his hands all over because he had to protect Terry's legacy. Yes. Uh, which is exactly how he puts it. Yes. And uh, with Sandman... I mean, that's his baby. Yep. Um, I still love the quote he, with all these shows, especially with the Sandman show, and the, is he'd like to be able to go back to his 26-year-old self and tell him those ideas that are rattling around your head, they're okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, another, so moving on uh, with TV. So, we're into the new season of the CWDC shows. Yes. And... Um, this year is kind of an odd year for those shows, in that uh, come December, you have the massive crossover of Crisis on Infinite Earths. Oh, boy. And so what, what you have with overarching right now, this, the, with the exception of Batwoman, which is the new show on the block, the other shows are very much dealing with their ramp up to Crisis, uh, especially, you know, with Arrow and Flash, in both cases, the heroes know the crisis is coming and and know that it's projected that it won't end well for either of them and what they're doing to prepare for that. Um, so, and it, with Arrow, it has the added um, uh, gravitas, which is one of my favorite words this episode, maybe the title of the episode, I don't know, uh, of it's the last season. Yeah. At uh, once, Crisis on Infinite Earth is done. They're going to wrap up the series, and it's done.
1: Well, Arrow's been out for how many? This is years? the
0: eighth season, really. Yeah, it's the eighth season. So, uh, and they just decided it's time to, it's 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 time to take their final bows, go out on a huge, on a huge crossover win, and now the nice thing is Stephen Amell, star of Arrow, uh, already has his next gig. Much like, let's like. Uh, um, Jared Padalecki, over on Supernatural, has his next gig already lined up. Of course he does.
1: He's not uh, dumb.
0: So he's going to be on stars. He's going to be doing a show about professional wrestling. Awesome. Which is one of his other passions in life. So, you know, whereas, whereas uh, Padalecki is doing a reboot of Walker, Texas Ranger. Well. So, you know. And there's another show that's in its final season, which there's one, because I think it's f- season 15 or 16 or something. It's Which? For Supernatural? Yeah. It's, that... it, 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 you know, there are certain shows that I don't know why networks lit shows live this long past their natural lifespan. Uh, it... Some shows like Doctor Who can get away with it because like every five or six years the show just reinvents itself.
1: There's, the, I mean, that, I mean, Supernatural, is there zombie sharks that they get to jump over at this I, point? I'd probably. I, I, you know, I,
0: Ooh. Now, now the other thing, uh, you know, I mentioned Batwoman. Yes. So the Batwoman series is premiered. Um, kind of an interesting take of they're certainly following a lot of aspects of the character from the comics, while doing their own spins. Um, I mean, they keep the big aspects, and one of the 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 things, of course, you're dealing with the CW shows were all alwe- already well touted for their. Uh, Intersectionality and their include and their inclusive nature, uh, but we have now gone full bore with Batwoman uh, Im- from embracing the most current version of the character from the comics. In that you have a a out and proud lesbian heroine, outstanding, uh, and you know you know making no apologies, taking no gruff, <laughs> and um, and with a with a family that pretty much accepts. Yep. That's who she is. Mm-hmm. No problem there. Um, so, and of course, you got people going nuts because people always go nuts on that. Uh, but it's 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 good that you know we now have the point where a network is like, because um, as somebody pointed out, she's not the only lesbian lead they already have. It's just that the other one is the lead of an ensemble show, <laughs> which is Legends Up Tomorrow. Um, so they're you know,
1: well, oh, and there's uh, what's her bucket? Uh, America, Somebody? that's
0: not no, that's Marvel. Oh, not even, not, don't cross the streams, don't cross the streams. We're talking about the DC shows. Sorry, also, she's not in any live action true representations yet. Fair enough. This is, I mean, in the comics, this is a they have trod this ground a little bit more in the comics at this point. It, but the fact that TV is catch with a much wider audience, yeah, is perfectly willing to go. Yep. Yep. Um, and I love things like they, they come up with a great explanation. So in the comics, Batwoman is a redhead. And she has the, although she is wearing a wig. Mm-hmm. And in, in the comics, it's, she, she wants to give her opponents the false sense of security of there's something they could pull on mm-hmm. for it to be a, to be a <laughs> trap. And uh, this, there's also, she has a symbolic reason. For doing it. Also, they're not you know, they're letting Ruby Rose have her natural hair color. Oh, it's
1: Ruby Rose.
0: Yeah, it's Ruby Rose as Batwoman. Perfect casting. Absolutely perfect casting. Um oh, she was in the second uh, John Wick. She movie. was. Yeah. And they're actually letting her talk in this one.
1: What a concept.
0: So um and she she hurt herself so badly doing a stunt on Batwoman that that she had to have surgery. It almost paralyzed her. Wow. And the insurance company has informed her she may no longer do stunts.
1: Wow.
0: Okay. Um, so I think part of it is Stephen Amell does like ninety percent of his own stunts, because well. the the man can in fact hold his own in a professional wrestling ring. I should tell you something. Yes. Um, but yeah. So no, it's so you know certainly if nothing else, they're in a good place. A lot of people are trying to d- figure out why Marvel right now couldn't seem to get their TV shows to work, even though their movies were great, and DC had the opposite problem. Although DC's finally catching up with their movies, but their TV shows, even though they are hokey as hell and would make Adam West proud, um, <laughs> they are still entertaining. Uh, although, as many people have said, uh, the alternate title for The Flash is Damn It, Barry.
1: Yes, as well it should be. Uh, I, I do have to say, I, I'm i holding out hope. F- I saw the, the trailer recently for Birds of Prey.
0: Not Birds of... Yeah, you're right. Birds yeah. of Prey. Birds With of Prey. Harley Quinn.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and so I, I will see how that turns out.
0: I, one of the reasons I'm hopeful is the realization of, even though I was initially like, well, this doesn't seem like the Birds of Prey I'm used to. But I'm like, you know what? That's, oh, if it's a good movie, that's okay. Yeah. Does it have As, to be? And especially because I'm looking at it, it's like, well, so it looks like they're trying to do something a little different. Um, the Yeah. It was one of those where I was enough going, Sure. I'm going to give this one a chance. Uh plus it might redeem a little bit of what happened in Suicide Squad. Uh and then of course we get the follow-up of the James Gunn follow-up of Suicide Squad, <laughs> which I'm just you have Nathan Fillion and Fluva Bog in in superhero costumes. I'm okay.
1: Okay. Well, I mean Captain Tidepants, he, sure. he he's in spandex now. All right. So,
0: one of the other for t- not quite TV, but I I, I just want to uh, talk about it for a second, especially because I have a little bit of a personal connection. Um, there is an animated pilot ah, yes. that is available on YouTube right now. It just came out. It's called Has-Been Hotel with Has-Been being H-A-Z-B-I-N. And I, the, the quick synopsis I'll say is imagine a Disney princess in hell. Uh, the who reason- uh, who, want, who is intentionally... The, in yeah, she's hell. the daughter of the devil.
1: It, it's not like we're sending Snow White to hell. No, it's- she's
0: literally... Born in hell, she's the daughter of Satan and Lilith, or Lucifer and Lilith. And she is trying to rehabilitate the souls in hell so they can get out.
1: So, a satanic Disney princess.
0: Yes. Uh, The reason I have a slightly personal connection is the guy that runs the wrestling Twitch stream I'm involved with.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. uh,
0: Edward Bosco. Uh Uh-huh. Voices one of the major characters. Awesome. In the series, and he's super proud of it. And so... Uh, I I would feel remiss if I didn't take this this chance, hi Ed, to uh to to shout out. But the thing is, I was also watching some. It's being very well received. Yeah. It's like a thirty minute long musical, well drawn extravaganza. Um, certainly not for children. <laughs> um, some people are hoping Adult Swim will pick it up. And I'm like on late night, yeah, with bleeps. Yeah. But sure. Um it, it it is excellent work.
1: Um so, so what you're saying is this is Gallivant in <laughs> air, air to Gallivant?
0: Air to Gallivant. Well, what I will uh, say to, is this, it is I won't even go that. It is very much its own thing. Okay, good. Uh and uh it has been a passion project. It's an independent studio. That's the other thing. Cool. Uh they did fundraisers and uh there's a whole bunch of videos where they would do streams on Twitch to do donations. And people would do donations asking the voice actors to do various different things. And they were – Ed usually uh, uh, Ed and a couple of other – always Ed because his character is very distinctive. Um, asking him to do – say crazy things. And there's this whole now undercurrent of his character doing dad jokes. <laughs> this, this demon who part of his shtick is he just – he does dad jokes. Um, so that's, uh, anyway, just that sounds
1: like my definition of health. So, yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, so one of the other things I thought I would talk about today, uh, cause I finally have some firsthand reports ah. on galaxy's edge at Disneyland. Oh yes. So, um, and this may come up on once don't read the Latin picks up again after they've got their studio up and running, but, uh, Jennifer lovely and family hmm. went to Disneyland recently uh, and uh, her husband Jim, uh, he has a friend who's an Imagineer, oh. and worked on the Millennium Falcon ride.
1: Oh, so they, they got just described my perfect life.
0: So they 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 got to go. Um, the one thing uh, I got reported back is, it's Galaxy Edge is still very much obviously a work in progress. Well, yeah, uh, there are areas where you can tell they're still building it up. They're still building the second ride. Well, yeah. But uh, every report is the Millennium Falcon ride is everything we would hope it would be. Uh, except that they, he said they could have done the gunnery portion of the cockpit a little bit better. But uh, that the, the rest of it is just fine. You walk through the Millennium Falcon and it is, you know, it's like they took the the level of effort of, did this appear on camera? Okay, well, where does it fit here on our bridge? So you walk through the Falcon and then you get to the portion where you're flying, mm. uh, and there's two pilots. One controls up and down, one controls right to left, two gunners, and two engineers. Uh, and you get into a space battle. Okay. Okay. And, and apparently, if they have to load somebody on the ride that takes extra time, you suddenly, in your cockpit, will be in an asteroid field. Oh. Ah. Um, and then afterwards, you exit back out of the Falcon, only now it's all battle-damaged.
1: See, okay, I, I have a, I have a working theory here. Sure. Because you said that the gun turret's not so much. Well, because
0: you're just pressing
1: a button. Yeah. Um, personal opinion. Yeah. You have to have some one little thing that's going to knock people out of it, because otherwise you will have to shoehorn and crowbar nerds like us out of that ride. Well, we'll just keep going through. Yeah. Um, but it's, I mean, come on, That, that, that to be on the foul to do something like that? I'm getting excited about it. I'm 50 years old. What? Yes.
0: Sign me up. Take my money. So, you know, now the other thing I heard, uh, although Jim's friend isn't working on it, the Rise of the Resistance ride, which is, they're still finishing up, yeah. but it should open soon. The, the description I heard, A, it's the longest ride in Disney history. The wow. ride experience is 25 minutes.
1: Not counting the line. Uh,
0: And the Imagineers themselves aren't quite sure when the ride experience actually begins or ends. They have incorporated the queue. And my understanding is you get into more than one ride vehicle and stand in more than one line during the experience of the ride. Okay. So I don't know how much Jim was told in confidence, so I'm being very careful what I say.
1: Suffice to say, that if they can pull something like... I mean, let, let, let me put it this way. Uh, back when I was volunteering for uh, Emerald City Comic Con, one of the people who would, who taught us how to do what we do at the conventions uh, was trained by Disney as far as line management and, and crowd control. Mm-hmm. They're the masters. Yeah, because they are the masters. And if they can pull something like that off... A well done Mazel tov. but B, if anybody can do it, it's them.
0: Well, I'm also thinking if they've figured out a way to change to A, keep a cycle of people going through. Mm-hmm. You know, have because you know one of the important things to keeping a theme park functional is funneling people out of wandering the park into the rides. Yeah, uh, as part of crowd control. If they figured out a way to t- to do that and create a experience where, A, you better make sure you use the restroom before you get into the line. Yeah. Uh, But also, because, you know, one of the biggest things, you know, one of the most beautiful rides in Disneyland is the Peter Pan ride. Yeah. But the ride itself, you stand in line for a long time for a ride that I think is maybe three minutes. If that. It's worth it. But it's still, well, I was in line a long time for this, and, and now it's over. If they're taking an experience where you're standing around a lot but the overall experience is 25 minutes long
1: that, that, okay. that's, a head,
0: that's a head blower upper 25 minutes where i'm fully immersed in a star wars experience sign me up oh sorry yes. yeah so i'm just waiting to hear because we haven't i still haven't heard all the things because you know they're building a new section in california adventure yeah based around marvel of course uh centering around the current guard it's right next to where the guardians ride is right now yeah um, so I'm pl- probably in the next year going to try and make it down to, to Disneyland again uh, also because there's currently an, we've currently hit there's an iteration of Pirates of the Caribbean I haven't seen <laughs> so I need to see it before they make another iteration of course. so far I've seen every iteration of course you have no, it has, doesn't so anyway um, so with that uh, just thought I'd touch on that um, one last thing for me sure uh,
1: so in addition to just finishing Watchmen Okay. Uh, I had a chance. There, there was a fun little event that happened this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, the novel that won the, best, uh, the Hugo best novel also won the Nebula best novel. Okay. And for, for those of you keeping track at home, previous, pre- previous things that have done that are things like American Gods or William Gibson's Neuromancer or, you know, Dune, things like that. Um, This year it was a book by Mary Robinette Kowal called The Calculating Stars. And I got it from the library and y'all know I read at a glacially slow pace and I devoured that thing in three days. It is a wonderful, wonderful book. It is, if you had any feeling towards the movie Hidden Figures... This book just takes it and turns it to eleven. It is lovely. It is well written. It is well paced, uh, and it is uh, one of one of the better books that I've read in a while. So, cool. Mary Robinette Kowal's uh, Calculating Stars.
0: Nice. And with that, uh, looking at the clock on the computer, yeah. uh, we're coming at about wrap up point, I think. Indeed. Uh, so, uh, as always, thank you very much for joining us as we discuss these shenanigans. Uh, if you'd like to get in touch with us, we can be reached at fanboynewsnetwork at gmail.com, or you can go to the website, fanboynewsnetwork.com, and drop us a line. Uh, you could just leave a comment in the uh, uh, section with the, uh, this episode. Or uh, you can find me on Twitter at fanboy underscore network. And occasionally we stream on Twitch, uh, twitch.tv slash doctor underscore uh, With that, Daniel and I will talk to you again in about 30 days or so. Something like that. Something Take, like care. that. Take care. Have a good own. day, everyone. Bye. This program is produced by Jeff Harris and Fanboy News Network and is copyright 2019 to Jeff Harris and Fanboy News Network. All rights are reserved, including rights to copy and redistribute this program. All music in this podcast comes from the footage firm and is used under a royalty-free license.